tonight, with God's help, I would like to speak about ingredients for revival. Look over in the Second Chronicles, seventh uh, chapter, fourteenth verse. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal, heal their land. God's uh, word gives us four ingredients here to change our lives or to revive us, to revive our souls. We have, uh, in the last few months in Van Buren, been uh, having revival. It's not on the sign outside, come to a revival. No, it's inside the church where souls are seeking God. And I will tell you that God has not disappointed He has shown up meeting after meeting after meeting. And those of you who watch online, I I say so many times, uh, our meetings have been starting after uh, the meeting is over. Because that's where uh, the prayer meeting has started. And I will tell you, uh, this started back at Midwest Camp. And at Midwest Camp, we had uh, the pleasure of, of, of feeling and experiencing God pour out His Spirit upon His people in such a mighty way. We were praying, my wife and I were praying for around the altars with, with uh, one of the young ladies there from Van Buren. And, and I will tell you, the waves of the Spirit of God just flowed back and forth in that place. It was a wonderful thing, and I told my wife after that uh, that prayer meeting that lasted for uh, I don't know how long, but I told her I I really felt like the Lord could come at that moment. That's how how the Spirit of God was in there, uh, in that place in such a mighty way. We have witnessed revival. We have had revival. And man, here in Arkansas, I'm so thankful for that because I needed it in my soul so much. But the Lord gives us, uh, the Lord gives us here uh, these ingredients that we need to have if we are uh, uh, going to have revival in our soul. If you want your soul, I will tell you this, if you want your soul revived, God will revive your soul. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He will do just that. It says here in in, in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people, if they will humble themselves. I will tell you that God uh, speaks in the terms of humility. God understands a humility. We cannot get anything from God unless we humble ourselves and come before God. Freedom from pride. No arrogance. Realizing who we are coming before the Almighty God that has spoke everything into existence. That's who we can pray to. We can communicate with God, but we first have to humble ourselves. The first ingredient 
And second, prayer. We got to pray. Church, we have to pray. If you have lost loved ones, if you've got a lost neighbor or child or whatever, it says we got to pray. We got to pray. Those who prayed for us, I'm so thankful. I had a grandmother. I was raised by my grandparents. I had a grandmother that had gotten saved at 18 years of age. She prayed for me. She would kneel beside of my brother and I's bed. We had a little small bedroom. She would kneel and pray for us. That's what I was raised under. It didn't save me, but I will tell you, it gave me an example of prayer. The Bible was an open book in our house, and she could pray. I'm so thankful for a praying grandmother. Communication with God goes two ways. We pray to God, but oh, help us. Saints, help us to listen to what God says to us. Oh, I'll tell you so many times we come and we bring a list before God. We don't stay around long enough for Him to bring His list to us. God help us. God help me. And then it says this, not only should we pray, humble ourselves, not only should we pray, but it says, I I like this, seek my face. Well, you might say, well, that's it. That is prayer. That's what I'm doing. I'm seeking God's face. But this is an intense desire to know God and know Him better. I will tell you, oh, when someone is seeking God's face, I'll tell you, you'll know it. you know it. Because they are one-on-one with God. They're, they're, there's no funny business going on. There's no looking around. They are, they are focused on seeking God's face. Oh, I'll tell you, church, if you want revival, seek God's face. Seek God's face. If the Lord puts somebody on your soul, be bold enough to reach out to that one. Be bold enough to pray for that one. I will tell you uh, that this world is looking for this gospel. The the, the world is looking for, for the true thing. I tell you, 35 years ago, I was looking for something that would change my life. I didn't know what it was, but I'll tell you, God knew what it was. He met me in an altar of prayer, just a young man that, 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 that was so wrapped up in sin, I needed God in the worst way. He changed my life that day. I will tell you, I, I don't want to go back never to the things oh, that I did before because I was delivered. I was delivered, saints. I was delivered from the things of this world. I don't want to dabble in them anymore. God changed my life. I want that intense desire to seek God's face. And then it says that there's one more thing that we need to do. And we need to turn. I will tell you, the world needs to turn from their sin. Not veer off to the left or veer off to the right. They need to turn. Oh, God help us. They need to retreat from anything that displeases God. I will tell you, God, don't we have a wonderful God? He'll prick your heart. When we start to get off uh, just a little bit off kilter, God will prick that heart. He will touch you on the shoulder. He will let you know that is the straight way ahead. Oh, don't veer. Don't 
else. You know, ingredients are important, aren't they? If you've ever cooked anything, you know ingredients are important, right? Years ago, my wife and I owned a restaurant and a donut shop and a bakery. And our children were very little, and we worked night and day. And I would go in about, I don't know, 1.30, 2, on how many, what day it was, to make donuts. And after you do it so many times, literally, you can almost do it in your sleep. And you're all half asleep when you're doing it. Or at least I was. But it's interesting. uh, uh, I would get this huge, we had a big mixer, and we'd get this, I'd get this this pot out, and and, and, um, uh, it had some special flour with all different kinds of a donut mix. And and you would also uh, need to put in warm water. After a while, you know, first you'd get and see exactly what temperature it was, but after a while you knew just by running your finger underneath the faucet what temperature it needed to be. And last, but the most important thing is, you would put, and this is many years ago, so I cannot remember exactly, but you put several ounces of yeast in that donut mix. Turn it on and mix for about 20 minutes, and then I would put it in my proofer, and then it would start to rise. And if you did put all the ingredients in, followed every step, and I can remember several times where I was so tired, I would forget to do some things. I would forget to put the yeast in or something like that. But if you didn't, if you, if you followed the directions, oh, what would you get? I will tell you, I would cut each one of those donuts by hand, uh, the glazed chocolate, the maple bars. You guys probably don't like donuts, do you? Amen. I like donuts too, you can tell, huh? But if you did everything just right, you would have perfection. It was wonderful. It was good. The people would line up, line up to buy them. I'll tell you how long ago this was. A dozen glazed donuts we sold for $2.85 a dozen. That's why I'm rich today. $2.85 a dozen. But you know what? What would happen if you didn't do things just right? Well, that batch of donut, that 40, 50 pounds of dough was worthless. It was good for nothing. As a matter of fact, we had a man that would come around uh, uh, once a week, and he was a hog farmer. All the mistakes he would pick up in the back of our, of our restaurant, all of the things, all of the cakes that we had dumped over or whatever, uh, all of the, of all the things that we couldn't use because someone didn't follow the right directions, the hogs got them. They were worthless to us humans. Well, that's just the way it is if we don't follow God's ingredients to a T. Do it the way he wants. It says we cannot leave anything out. The Lord will show us exactly what He wants us to do, exactly the steps He wants us to take. And then we get the promise. Ah, oh, God always delivers the promise, doesn't He? Then I will hear from heaven. Praise God. Folks, we want, we want God to hear from heaven tonight. We want God to hear from heaven. He said, forgive their sins, heal their land. Oh, it sounds so good. 
If you want to see souls, listen to what I'm saying. If you want to see souls changed out there, we have to see our souls changed in here. We have to have revival in the church to affect the world. We have to be willing to follow God's direction, to do it God's way, in order to make an effective witness out in this world. We cannot skimp. We cannot cut corners. The recipe has to be the way God wants it to be. Exactly the way God wants it to be. How long has it been? How long has it been since God revived your soul? You know, I really think that we as Christians need to touch the throne of God. We need to feel the power of God in our life. I told God uh, about a year ago, Lord, I'm not holding back anymore. I'm not holding back anymore. Whatever you want to pour on me, I'll take it. I want everything you've got for me. I'm not holding back. I will tell you that the, the saints there in Van Buren have not been holding back. We have felt the power of God being poured out upon us. But, but we have to do the work. We have to do the things that God wants us to do. Over in Hosea uh, 10th chapter, the verse 12, it says this, Sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Break up your fallow ground. It was easy for us to have fallow ground. You know what we had to do? Nothing. Nothing. We just have to exist. And our hearts can be hardened. Fallow, untilled, hard ground. You never gardened. You know what I'm talking about. When I was a little boy, I told you I was raised by my grandparents. My grandfather was raised... Uh, on a farm, and so uh, we would have three gardens. I preached here a few years back here about about uh, peanuts. We, uh, we we had a bountiful crop of peanuts. Well, there was a process there too. After the winter, the ground would be nice and hard, uh, and my grandfather would uh, get the stuff out for his old mule. He had a mule. He used to skid logs with this old mule, and, and, and then in the spring, he would, he would get the old mule, and uh, he would call him up. And, of course, could a mule, if he, if he knew that you were going to work him, and he saw the stuff, you know, you had to hide it because he didn't want to work. So he'd be hard to catch. He knew something was up, but he could not resist the grain that was in that bucket. So he would come around. Bubba would get the... Get the uh, harness and all that stuff and, and get, get the plow hooked up to him. And when he saw that stuff, he knew it was time to go to work. And it was almost like he was resolved to, to just do just, do just, it's easy for me to say, do just that. When he got started plowing this old mule, that ground was so hard, he would almost have to lay on his belly to dig then pull that old My pop had a, had a plow about this big, and he would stick it in the ground, and that old mule would work so hard. And little by little by 
softer and softer and softer. The more work you put into it, the softer it got. You would change the plow. You would disc it softer and softer and softer. And pretty soon, we would cut the rows. You would plant plants and seeds. And pretty soon, that old ground that was hard as a rock would crumble in your fingers because the work had been done. And then come the day when we walked out of the garden, there was a ripe tomato or there was corn. I can remember going and looking to see if the corn was coming out of the ground. You see, folks, there's a harvest. There's a harvest for you and me. There's a harvest that comes with us doing, following the guidelines that God has given us right here. We are promised a harvest. But we have to put in the work. We have to do what the Lord says. And oh, praise God, the harvest will come. Do you want revival? I will tell you, it's the greatest thing in all the world. And I'm not saying you've never been to revival. Well, please don't say that. Don't think I'm saying that. But we can have true revival. Oh, we can see, we can feel the Spirit of God pouring out upon us. If you want revival in your life, start the process. Start the process. Humble your hearts. Pray. Seek God. If God says turn, then turn. If God says forgive, forgive. If he's asking you to forgive, I will tell you a story real quick. I've always got a story. There was a guy that used to work for me and was my friend. And somehow or another he left and, and, he, and he, was, uh, he was mad at me. I didn't even know what he was mad at me for. He wouldn't return a call or anything. And this went on for a long time. I prayed, prayed, prayed for him. And one night, at the altar of prayer, one Sunday night, the Lord said, you need to reach out to him one more time. I did not hesitate. I got up from the altar, went out to my car, and I texted this man. And I told him, I want to meet up with you. I, he, one day later, the next day, he texted me back and said, okay. We met up, and I said, I don't know what I've done to you. But what obvious, I said, but obviously I've done something to you to hurt your feelings, to fracture our relationship, and I want to make it right. And this man said, do you remember this or that? I said, I do not, but please forgive me. Do you know what? We shook hands, I hugged his neck. And you know what? We're friends today. Why is that? Because you know what? I... I couldn't go on unless I knew that if whatever I had done, he had forgiven me for it. At least I was going to try. Folks, I will tell you what. Humbleness. God understands humbleness. If you've got someone with a fractured relationship in your life, humble yourself. Seek God. But they have a soul too. I will tell you, if you want revival, God will give you revival. It starts tonight. Let's stand and sing. Let's all come to the altar of prayer.